I'll tell you what, this is the hardcore people here today, hey? What do you reckon? Well done. I reckon just give yourselves a hand of applause. Seriously, there's been some push through to be here today. I reckon for many of you, there was a decision that you made to go, you know what, doesn't matter what's going on, I'm going to be with the church and be in church today. Yeah, I see some nods. I see some smiles. It must have happened. Um, So well done. My hope is that today, that God meets you at that lean-in point. That God meets you at a point of, of, of that faith and that expectancy that you have to go, I just, I just feel I need to be in church today. And I believe God wants to do something great in and through us as His church. And today's no exception. And I've, I was stoked to be able to speak into our focus last year on behalf of our, of our team and want to continue that today. And we'll continue it actually throughout the year. So looking forward to that. If you weren't here last week, I've got the ushers here. They've got this in a flyer for you. Just put your hand up, grab one. Let's get them out because I'd love and encourage you to put this on your fridge. Keep it in front of you. This is a fridge flyer. So keep it in front of you. Keep it in focus because it is our focus for 2020. To enlarge your house to build an addition, to spread out your home and spare no expense. It's a significant focus for us as a church, as a community of people um, at this point of, of, of our season, of our story. It's significant and believe it's actually on the back since the inception of, of this church. And God builds on the story and will continue to do that. And I believe, we all believe that we can lean into this, step into this, and we will see God enlarge this this place for the benefit of other people and His glory. But it will take us to build an addition. It will cause us to actually spread out our home, and it will cost us something. There'll be an expense to have a greater influence in our community. Now, this is all about other people. It's all about God. It's not about us. In fact, we won't be able to do this. We will not be able to do this unless we first go deep ourselves. And that's where I want to focus on today. Because I believe there is three aspects of this focus that God will work on us with and through us with. And the first one is to enlarge our own capacity. God wants to take us deeper for the rest of our lives. And He will. But we need to lead into that. We need to participate in that. If we don't, because we've got a free will, we don't have to participate in that. But if we do, we will go deeper and therefore have a greater influence and greater impact for God's glory. And then when we do that, we can enlarge our house. We can create more space for other people to actually have revelations of Jesus and to grow in their discipleship. And we can spread out the influence of your home. God's planted you in a community, in a neighbourhood. And as you kind of spread out your home and just be authentic and build relationships, just genuinely, you will see an impact that God will have in and through you all for His glory. I don't know about you, but that excites me. There's something in that about participating in the mission of God in His world that actually resonates with people, resonates with me anyway, and I hope it does for you. When we say yes to partnering with Jesus in what it looks like in His mission, in His world, that's a sweet spot. I don't know if it gets any better than that. And so there's an invitation to step in, but it does start with you and I being people, Christian people, and if you're here today and this is fairly new to you, welcome. I hope you feel extremely welcome. I feel like you belong and my hope is that today or sometime in the near future you get a revelation that Jesus is alive. He's a son of God and he loves you and he actually died for you. He's made a way for you to be right with God. 
But as we understand that, there's this path to go deeper for the rest of our lives. And I want to explore that today. The message translation of this verse is great. It says, clear lots of ground for your tents. Make, make your tents large, spread out, think big. See, God's a big thinker. He is. He, he, he's very good at vision. He created vision. He created the world. Use plenty of rope and drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. Like God wants you and I to be people that are brave enough to lean into a relationship with God and drive our tent pegs deep, as deep as they can go. That takes some work. It doesn't. You go camping, you don't just lay the pegs out and all of a sudden you find them in. Like it takes work to drive them deep. You can even just do one little tap on a peg. It's not going to do anything for your tent. But if we're serious about our faith and our relationship with Jesus, we will just take it deeper and we'll lean in and we'll press in and we'll, we'll engage with God's Spirit and His Word and allow Him to take us deeper for the rest of our life. But it starts with a vision, really. It starts with this, if we go, actually, let's start with the end in mind. What's the picture that we want to see? I mean, the vision of our church is this, to see a community of people that is healthy and growing and full of love. That's what we want to see. We want to see a group of people that are healthy and, and in every way in life. And part of that health is that we're a community of people that's different. We actually welcome different people. We are different people. We're gifted differently. And God wants to use our differences and our uniqueness in our identity for the purpose of His kingdom. And we want to be a community that's growing. We want to actually grow and go deeper. In fact, we want to grow more and more like Jesus for the rest of our life. It takes some hard work and we want to be a space and a place that is full of genuine love for God and for other people. I love this verse. It's, it's Ephesians, it's where our vision comes from. And this is the Passion Translation. It says, the important is some with grace to be apostles, some with grace to be prophets, some be grace to be evangelists, and some with grace to be pastors, and some grace to be teachers. And their calling is to nurture and prepare all the holy believers to do their own works of ministry. And as they do this, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. As we step in, to what God's doing and understand our giftedness and yes you are gifted and actually understand who we are in Christ as we participate in that as we are active in doing what God wants us to do there's a peace that God takes us deeper and you will enlarge your capacity we will enlarge as a community of people we will see God build up his church and that excites me and you and I are part of that and it's a privilege and it's an honour and it doesn't make sense at the same time but it's God's model. You and I are partnering with him to build up his church which is the mission of our church. That's what we want to do. We want to partner with Jesus to build up his church. And I love that concept that we are partners in spreading the gospel. That was Paul's language, just affirming that you and I are partners in the gospel. But then it comes from a place where we want to live out of our deep values as a community of people. Values of grace and growth and gratitude and genuineness and generosity. This is a little bit of snapshot about who we are as a church. Because this is our focus for 2020. All this is actually a framework of the way that we do life, really, and how we want to encourage each other to live in this way. You know, we want to go as deep 
as we can in living out these values. Uh, that, that sets up a really interesting relationship with God. He wants to see you and I be people of grace, beautiful grace, to embrace it from God, but to offer it to others. He wants to see you and me people of growth. It's a value and we, we want to become more and more like Jesus as time goes on. You get it. We want to live with gratitude. We want to live generously. And that's more than finances. That's just in the way that we live. We want to be authentic. Here's, here's a principle that the deeper we go in our relationship with God, the greater impact we can have for his glory. The deeper we go in these kind of values and allowing God's word to sink deep and driving the tent pegs deep, the more we can enlarge and create space for people and have an influence in our community and beyond. The deeper we can go, the more influence we can have. Keith Farmer's my mentor, you use this often, the deeper you go, the further you go. I've heard you use that language a lot. And if Keith says it, it's true. Um, The deeper we go, if we drive those tent pegs deep, the greater influence we can have for the glory of God, the more partnership we can have in building up His church. It starts with you and I going deeper. And I want to ask you, what are you doing to participate in that? How are you doing it? How are you integrating God's Word in, in your life? How are you aware of His Spirit and allowing His Spirit to counsel you and making His Word come alive? How are you doing that? I mean, you use whatever analogy you want. Here's four. You've probably heard of them. There's an iceberg that actually has got this depth that's probably at least 80% of what you see on the top. You've got a tree with a root system, which is the tree is our discipleship model. It's a good analogy. The deeper the roots, the what? The bigger the branches, the wider the reach, the more fruit. You put your tap root into a, a living source of water being Jesus, you're going to see a fruitful life. A ship, you've got the hull of a ship. You've got the integrity of a ship. If that's not in good shape, it'll sink. And you've got a building. The deeper you go in the footings and the foundations, the higher you can build. It doesn't matter which analogy you use, they're all good analogies. So my heart for me and even for us as a community of people is that we, that we take God seriously and we, we participate and allow him to take us deeper so that we have a larger capacity to do what he's asked us to do. I like the analogy of the building because there's an engineer somewhere that certified that building to build that many stories at Barangaroo, however many stories it is. And so there would have been an excavation process where things were removed under the surface because all these stories, what's under the surface matters. What's under the surface of your life matters. What's under the surface of my life matters. It makes a difference to what happens outside and the way that I live. And so I love the definition of integrity and integrous foundation. And and the definition I love is being of sound construction. And so there's stuff in my life sometimes that I've just got to excavate out and go, that's just stuff that I can't build a life on. I've got to take that out and replace it with God's strong word and his principles and values and build my life on that. Now, I don't know what's internally in your life, but... If anything like me, there's some stuff that needs to be removed and replaced with God's truth so we can be strong. You know, we have many things working against us in our culture. We do. 
You have so many things working against you that will prevent you from going deep with God that if you're not intentional, it just won't happen. Simple as that. We've got a pace in our culture that is running so fast. You've got distraction all around you. You can put your eyes on all kinds of things. I just think the enemy wants to keep us so busy and so distracted that we go, I just don't have time to engage with God. I don't have have time to really read his word. I mean, we have whatever time. We've got 24 hours in a day. We 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 have got time. But the pace of our culture and the distraction that's around us, these things are a great tool, but my goodness, do they distract us? A great tool for reading God's word, but there's so much other stuff on there. It's in the palm of your hand. You've got everything in there to distract you for the rest of your life. You've also got everything in there to actually build a life of truth in God's word and allow his spirit to breathe and fan it into flames. That's our choice. We're living such a fast culture that it can lead to anxiety and stress and worry and fear. And if we're not careful, even as Christian people, we will stay in that place and we don't have to. It can happen and it does happen, but we don't have to get stuck there. I like David. If you read some of the Psalms, you will know he lived quite a fearful, stressful, anxiety life. He never stayed there. It was real. And here's one of his prayers. He says, God, you are my righteousness, my champion defender. Answer me when I cry for help. Whenever I was in distress, you enlarge me. I'm being squeezed again. I need your kindness right away. Grant me your grace. Hear my prayer and set me free. You see, even in stress and anxiety, God wants to use that to point you to him and take you deeper so that you can enlarge your capacity. You know, in our culture, we have a tendency to get stuck in action, get stuck in doing stuff. And I've done a fair bit of work with organisations and it's the same thing. And we get, people get stuck in strategy. Just give me a new strategy. That didn't work. I want to try something else. Let's do that. And we get stuck in this go, 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 got to do something different to get a different result kind of thinking, which I kind of agree with. But there's a deeper thing going on. And that's let's engage with God deeply first. And from that place, pull out a vision of how we want to live our life. Now let's talk about what we want to do. But we get stuck in the do and we've got hurry sickness and busyness fatigue. And it's epidemic in our culture. And I love Andrew, you've been talking lots, you know, about this year. We hope that we would even see not only a countercultural thing happen in the life of who we are, but also a counter-Christian culture where we can actually simplify some things and be intentional about some things and really go deep with God and enlarge our capacity. You know, the enemy is working against you in that. He wants to kill and steal and destroy. You know that verse in John 10.10. God wants to bring life in all its fullness. You know, I'd like to rephrase that and go, the enemy wants you to live a small and diminished life. Unproductive, ineffective, no impact for the kingdom of God. That's what he wants for you. And he's going to keep you so distracted and running so fast and so shallow. That's his desire. He'll do anything to keep you away from the living word of God. Because you've got the Holy Spirit in you as a believer and you engage in God's Word, it's going to come alive. It's going to form you and transform you and counsel you and show you how to live and show you how to make decisions. And they will be countercultural. The enemy go, man, I'll do whatever it takes because I want God's people to live a small and diminished and unproductive life. I mean, that's not attractive to anyone. 
Yet God goes, I've got a purpose for you. I want to speak into your life. I want to shape your life. It's going to take you to go deeper, but you will have a larger capacity to live an extraordinary life for the kingdom of God. Is anyone hearing this? I need to hear it. I want to be reminded of it. I want to go deeper with God for the rest of my life. It's not easy. It doesn't happen by default. You know the parable of the talents. You know that. God, God gives in this parable people something and he expects an investment for a return. Like there's this expectation on your life that God's given you some stuff. He's given you some gifts. He has given you a capacity. And there's an expectancy to have an increase with that. And you know what? You check this out and look what, look what listen to the tone in this for the, for the person who did nothing with what God gave them. It says the servant was given 1,000. Um, Master, I, I know you have high standards and you hate careless ways that you demand the best and make no allowance for error. I was afraid you, I might disappoint you. Any excuse you want, doesn't matter what it is. So I found a, a good hiding place and secured your money. I just kind of did nothing with what you gave me. Here it is, safe and sound. Here I am. I'm kind of all together. I just didn't do anything with what you gave me. And the master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. See, there's this, God has given you stuff already and he wants to grow you and take you deeper and go, we can step out. We can step out and allow God to do great things in and through us for his glory. We will be able to enlarge our house. We will be able to spread out our home. We will be able to see lots of people have a revelation that Jesus is God and actually come into the family of God. We will see that. But there is kind of this, this catch. There's a clause. There's a starting point, And it's you and me going deep and allowing God to enlarge our capacity. I love this verse. You've probably heard this before. You've been a Christian a while. The message translation captures something beautiful. And check this out. This is Jesus talking. He's telling stories again. You know, you don't, you don't get um, wormy apples off a healthy tree nor good apples off a diseased tree. The health of the apple tells the health of the tree. Again, tree analogy. But check this out. You must begin with your own life-giving lives. That's the starting point. It's who you are, not what you say and do that counts. Now, if I know anything about our culture, it's all about what you do and say. Where God's saying it's the other way around. It's actually who you are. It's the essence of who you are and you growing more and more like Jesus, having his character and his maturity and his principles and his focus. It's who you are. And then he continues to say, you know, why are you so polite with me always saying, yes, sir, and that's right, sir, but never doing anything I tell you. You know, if your kids do that, it drives you crazy. These words I speak to you are not mere additions to your life, homeowner improvements to a standard. They are foundational words to build a life on. You and I have got the gift of life. If you hear your breathing, which you are, you've got the gift of life. And God wants you to build your life on him his words and allow his spirit just to breathe life on you and you will grow and you will increase your capacity you've got way more capacity than what you think do you know that you have whatever's going on in your life and whatever crazy town it is you have way more capacity with God to be in that and be okay in that 
You have way more capacity to display the nature of God in whatever's going on around you, and it will be attractive to people. It will make a difference. You will be salt and light. Jesus continues this story, and he said, If you work, see, if, if you work the words into your life, you are like a smart carpenter who dug deep and laid the foundation of his house on bedrock. And when the river burst, appropriate for today, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to crash against um, the house. Nothing could shake it. It was built to last. Check this out. But, but if you use my words in Bible studies and don't work them into your life, you're like a dumb carpenter. See, we can sound like we're doing the right thing and look like it. We can turn up the stuff. But if we're not vulnerable enough and open enough before God to allow his living word to shape us and to integrate it and to excavate things out that aren't truth, that you believe and to replace it with the truth of God's word and be brave enough to believe it and courageous enough to live it, we work it in, we put it in, we put it down and believe it and live it. It doesn't happen by default, it happens with intention. The amount of times that I would say to someone, just be yourself, just be beautifully you, just be a growing you. That's what God wants. Well, you don't have to look like anybody else. You don't have to do what anyone else is doing. You just engage with God personally and just be yourself. There's so much uniqueness, so much beauty in who you are. God put it there. And he wants you to grow and take it deeper and to use it for his glory as you partner with him in his mission in this world. Now, can I ask you, how are you working God's work deep into your life? How are you doing that? How are you engaging with him personally? It can look different, but how are you doing that? And how are you allowing his God to speak? And how are you taking it deep? And how are you integrating it and putting it in? It's becoming who you are. And therefore, what happens and what you say, what you're doing, is it kind of takes care of itself because it's from a foundation of truth and engagement with God. How are you doing that? How are you a person of, of sound construction because you've got truth and you live it and believe it? Personally, I love the simple discipline of a soap journal. Now, lots of people probably do that here, but if you don't, it's a beautiful way to read God's Word. You just pick one bit of Scripture, S, Scripture. O is to observe what's going on in that Scripture, so I'll write it out and then observe. Well, actually, I'll copy and paste the Scripture. Um, and then um, I observe what's going on, write something about that. A is to apply it. How do I apply that to my life? And then P is to pray and pray that into my life. It's a simple strategy, but my goodness, that's been a beautiful thing just to slowly integrate God's word and, and almost take it from something that you know about to into your heart and your soul. How do you do it? Check this out. This is from the Old Testament. This was a vision that God gave Ezekiel. Now, this is a full-on story, but at the heart of this story, check this out. So the Lord gave the message to Ezekiel, and Ezekiel felt the hand the, 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 the Lord take hold of him. That's incredible. Then he said, Son of man, let all my words sink deep into your own heart first. Listen to them carefully for yourself and then go to your people and tell them what God's doing. See, my hope is that God does some serious work in and through us this year. 
and that we will be a people that will see that we will see enlargement, we will see increase, and it's all about other people. It's all, it is, and it's all about God. And that we'll see our influence of our homes spread out, and the invitations happening, and people understanding who Jesus is, and great faith conversations. But it has to happen. It will only happen if you and I engage with God's Word and His Spirit first. And so how do we do that? There's, there's a whole bunch of examples. I love the soap journal. Retreats are a great way to actually put yourself in an environment that goes deep with God. There's a whole bunch of those this year. I love going on prayer walks. I love just going for a half an hour to an hour walk and, and just with two simple questions. God, what do you want me to see? And God, what do you want me to hear? It is, I'm amazed at what comes out of that. I actually write a whole bunch of stuff down in my phone. God just wants that kind of time. Now, you can do it in a whole bunch of ways. It's different for you. I love the Lord's Prayer as a framework for my prayer life. You know about that. Mentoring and coaching, I think that's a great way to talk about what God's doing in your life with someone personally in an authentic way. You know, to be part of a home group is a great way to share God's Word together. Journaling without any agenda, just going to a cafe and just no agenda, just me and God, God, what do you want to say? And just write down some stuff. You'll be amazed at what He says to you and a lot of it will be affirmation about who you are first. How do you do that? Maybe it's memorising scripture. You know, for, for years I just wrote on the back of a business card one scripture from a day and kept it with me. It's a great way. What are you, what are you doing? I love in Matthew and Colossians there's this kind of concept. You know, you know the parable of the seed. But since they don't have deep roots, it won't last long. If we're not going deep, our growth isn't going to last. In fact, your faith won't even last. And how do we allow God's Word to richly live in our hearts, just to dwell in you? God wants you and I to enlarge our capacity. You have way more capacity than what you think. I don't know what life's like for you at the moment, but it can be pretty crazy. And circumstances happen that you don't expect, and we can find ourselves thinking we've got no capacity. And no time, and it's just way too much for me. You've got way more capacity than what you think with God. And sometimes we can think, you know, I'm just living a small life, not really making a difference. Who am I anyway? God knows who you are. He's given you everything you need, and he just wants to take you deeper and deeper and deeper. Paul's cry to the Corinthian church when he's saying, this is how we've lived for you. This is how we would want you to live back. This is how we'd want you to see. Check out this verse. Paul would say to the Corinthian church, the smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. Open up your lives. Live openly and expansively. What a way to live. Now, if we're running in this fast-paced culture and the enemy's work doing whatever he can to prevent you from engaging with God and increasing your capacity, there's this call for you and I to open up our lives to God, to open up our lives to other people, to actually live in a way where it's open and expansive and you're going, you're welcome, come on in. There's hospitality at at the heart of who we are and it comes from a place of love. I would, I would say if I, was, if I really narrowed it down, I believe 
there's three really big themes that I believe God would want to increase our capacity in this year. Lots, lots of that, and it's different for every person, but three big themes. One would be that you have more capacity to forgive, that I would have more capacity to forgive. I see that as a major theme in my life and in people that I meet with. In fact, I was meeting with someone this week, and they, probably weekly I'm having this conversation. Massive unforgiveness issue for probably 50 years. Massive. I won't share what it is, but it was huge. And realising that actually I'm carrying that into my life and it's affecting all of my relationships now. There's a burden of unforgiveness. And so the only way that we have a larger capacity to forgive is to engage firstly, without thinking about any of that, in the forgiveness that you've received from Jesus personally. He's forgiven you so much more than any one thing that anyone could do to you. I totally believe that anyone can forgive anyone for anything. If, that's a big call and I don't minimise that, but if we engage with the grace and the forgiveness that God's given you first, you have the capacity to make a decision to forgive somebody else. Can you see that? The more we engage, the deeper we go, the more capacity we have. If you're feeling like you've got some, some burden that you carry from unforgiveness, God wants to increase your capacity. And you will be able to forgive. Totally believe that. You know, as we see more and more people step, step into who we are as Coast Community, more and more people into your life as you live openly and expansively and say, come on in, hey, come on in for a meal or come in for a barbecue or whatever. We're going to need capacity to forgive because people are going to annoy you and offend you. I believe God's going to do a work in us where he's going to give us more capacity to be hospitable. Where in the busyness, we've got every excuse to say, I just can't do it. But I think God's going to do a work on us and show us ways we can invite people in. It's going to be inconvenient, but God's going to do deep work and you and I will understand it's more blessed to give than receive. And so how can we live with a posture of hospitality, openly, expansively? Come on in. Come on in. You're welcome. And I believe God is going to grow us in our capacity to be other people focused. We have a tendency, well, I do anyway, to be selfish. I have a tendency to actually just think about what I prefer. But when God does a work on you and takes you deeper, he shows you that actually when you prefer other people, that's a godly action. But it actually has to come from a deep place of going deeper and enlarging our capacity so that we can. We've got energy to give. We've got time to give. And we've got the right thinking that we can be others focused. Jesus was so others focused. He focused on you. He preferred you. He gave his life for you. The more we become like Jesus, the more other focused would be. And it happens in the little things. Like even just this week, I, got, I had so much to do. And then I just had the prompt to say to my young guy, Matt, Matt, do you want to go to the skate park? Because I knew he wanted to. He'd been asking me for three days. And I had every reason to go, no, I'm not going to do that. It's a little thing, but it was big for me to go, actually, I choose to prefer you. I got home and there was another thing I had to do for someone else in the family and I never got to what I wanted to do. But the thing is, everything still got done for the rest of the week. Everything still went okay. When we prefer people, when we enlarge our capacity, it's a really cool thing. So, as I get the band up, can I ask you, how can you 
and I be people that lean into this relationship with God and allow him to participate in that for you and I to go deep, to drive the tent pegs deep. How can you and I engage with God's living word that comes alive? Like It's not rocket science. It's just intentionality. God's given you everything you need. How do we actually make it work? How do we allow God to speak into our life? How do we take God's word and integrate it in so that his word, his truth is what we build our life upon? It has to be the starting point. We do that first and we allow God to speak in that place. And then we go, God, what do you want me to do with that? And day by day, he will show you what to do. He will show you what to say. It has to start with you and I going deep with God. What does that look like for you? I'm just going to put a card in your hand. If you're here last week, you probably have one of these. But I'd love you to engage with this, even just for a moment now. And go, what is my one next step? What is my one next step that I will do to enlarge my capacity? What's one thing I will do? It could be what you've already done before. It could be what you're already doing or it could be something really fresh to go, you know what, I choose to go deeper. This is one thing I want to do with God. This is one way I want to engage with His Word. This is when I'm going to do it. This is what it's going to look like. One thing. On this card, there's space for you to write that. My hope would be that God's already working on His Spirit in that and already showing you what that is and that you'd actually write something on that today. Either right here, right now, or before the day's out. Go, this is my plan. This is my intentionality. So as the band lead us, can we just create a moment? Will we allow God just to show us what that's like? If if we're going to lean in and we're going to see this focus become a reality for us, that we take it personally first and understand that God wants to and will enlarge our capacity. And, go, and so therefore, this is my next step in engaging with God in what he wants to do in my life. Will you do that with me? Yeah? Can we take a few minutes now to actually do that? Let me pray for us and allow these guys to lead us. Lord, I thank you that you're a God who's alive. We've sung about that. You're a God of love. You're a God who sees us. You're a God who prefers us. And Jesus, you showed that you you gave your life for us. And God, I thank you that you've given us this focus for this year. We, We believe it's from you, God. And so therefore we want to embrace it and own it. But God, we do sense, certainly I do that, there's a foundational piece where you are, you are the foundation, God. And God, in that, you want to take us deeper and enlarge our capacity so that we can be the people that you see us to be, so that we can do everything you've called us to do. Lord, I pray, Lord, that right now that you would show us ways where we can engage with you and just increase and enlarge our own personal capacity. Help us to be more like you, Jesus. May the fruits of your spirit be more evident in our life. Lord, thank you for your grace when we don't get it right. But Lord, we choose with all distraction, with all that the enemy wants for us, to actually, in all the complexity of life, just choose 
to engage with you personally so that we have a larger capacity. God, I pray that you'd fill us with faith that we have way more capacity than what we think. And God, show us ways we can build our life on you and your word and to integrate it deep. And so God, today we commit that to you and pray that as we do that, you'd receive all the glory for all you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen.